welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 279, Calling Lessons from a Master Turkey Caller. And I am your co-host and the guy who has a one-year-old gently used, not really gently used, but it's pretty close to gently used, turkey vest for sale. And I am your co-host and the guy who, for the first time this year, heard... That's awesome. I want to hear your story. Tell me. All right. So this weekend, it was just too gorgeous. Still February on Saturday, but I was like, I don't care. I feel like even if it's February, they may gobble. It's such a pretty day after all the rain we've been having. If I was a turkey, I'd have to let one out on this kind of a day. So I went to the woods, new spot where I found a bunch of sign. All I'd found was hen sign, but where there's hens, typically males tend to hang out. So went in there, went to listening on the ridge top that I was on. First 10 owls, I didn't hear a thing. And then I let out one, and I'll just demonstrate. So instead of just going, my normal owl, after about 10 of those, I finally kind of threw in a, and got kind of higher pitched, and immediately, as you heard, and they sounded off. And for some reason, that morning, that high frequency made them gobble. And so I got them to gobble three times on the limb. Turned out they were right over me the whole time. I didn't even know it. Luckily, I was being pretty still or they would have seen me. And I saw them fly down and got them to gobble probably a dozen times on the ground in my face at 50 yards. And it was it was an awesome experience. <laughs> so it was, it was interesting, though. Even on the ground, I mean, I had crows fly over, cawing their heads off, Canadian geese fly over, honking really hard, yeah. other owls. The only thing that made those turkeys gobble for the entire morning was that was it. You told me that you saw those turkeys. Were there any hens at all with them? Yes. So not to leave out any gory details, there were no hens. It was 13 long bearded gobblers in one flock. And at one point, they were 50 yards away from me sitting behind a tree. I was peeking around the tree at them. And I 
couldn't help it. I did that owl when they were on the ground facing me 50 yards away, and all 13 of them, heads came out, <laughs> ringing down that creek bottom I was in. And it, I started shaking just as hard as I have ever shook before I shot a turkey, and I didn't even have a gun with me. Hmm. If that doesn't get you ready for season, I don't know what would, because I, I can't sleep till season starts now. I mean, I, I gotta, I just been laying there thinking about it. And you had your phone with you, and that's how we got audio. Yes, I did not carry the really nice recorder and microphone that you sent me because it's not in my arsenal yet, I guess. I haven't gotten used to it. Never cro- never even crossed my mind that I could have a really cool experience like that. And so I greatly regret it. But luckily, I took a video of me owling and the turkeys gobbling. So people do get to hear I'm not completely full of crap. Well, not a about this story yeah well yeah yeah of course unless you had met me on that same property and asked did you hear any then i would have been completely full of crap because i would have said no i didn't even see a feather there's nothing in there i've never heard one in there correct (laughs) well what you don't know is that the last time i saw you i put the Famasafe Child Tracker app on your phone. Ah. And so I now have the location of where you heard those turkeys. Well, close enough because you were texting me about the time that you heard them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can I can backtrack and, and find within, I'd say, a couple hundred yards of where those birds were. So yeah. looking forward to seeing you there opening week, Cameron. So you've you've outslicked me because you know that's why I didn't carry the recorder because you mailed it to me conveniently right before turkey season, <laughs> before scouting time. I mean I've already looked it over. I feel like I'm looking for a bug. I don't see any tracking devices that are possible to be in there, but I'm not ruling it out. Correct. <laughs> so you are not the only person who saw turkeys this weekend, and that was not even my lead-in for the show. Mm. Yeah, I know you had to have your uh, your pitch for the new turkey vest you're trying to buy and sell. Oh, I've already bought the new turkey vest, and it has uh, already been delivered, and I have been wearing it around the house for the past two days. <laughs> Just watching TV in it, eating yes. dinner. Yes, and I have to tell you, I really like it Heck yeah. so far. Fantastic. I have one complaint about it so far, and that is that it's probably really more of a complaint about my physical build. I have no rear end. Mm -hmm. And this vest has minimal cushion. Mm. And so I can see where I'm probably at times, you know, those long afternoon sits when you don't really have anything going on. You just sit because, you know, you're in a good spot and Mm -hmm. the turkeys are quiet and you think, all right, this will be a good area to sit and try to just do some blind calling. That's going to get a little rough on my rear end, I, I know. But yeah, I'll be all right. I can deal with that. So, you know, worst case, I'll just have to pack some extra toilet paper and I'll stuff the rear end of my <laughs> pants full of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding about that. But seriously, so I, I'm getting off track a little bit, but I'm going to talk about turkeys here in a second. But I do have that vest, that long spur made by Alps, turkey vest that I bought last year for sale. If somebody wants a really good price on a really expensive vest, you need to hit me up 
andy at imturkeyhunting.com. When I say it's gently used, I mean it's not torn, ripped, no zippers pulled off, no buckles broken. It really is in good shape. What you're going to see is, well, if you buy this vest from me, you're going to know that I killed a turkey or two because (laughs) there might be some blood on it. It's been christened is what you're saying. It's been christened, no doubt. So, because I'm all about full disclosure, one of the things that I don't like about the vest is that there is no back pouch, no game Mm -hmm. pouch in the back where I can just reach my hand in and pull my clippers out. It has a zippered, kind of like a fanny pack on the back side of it. So if I want something... You might be asking, what vest did you buy? Oh, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. that's the big secret. No, not really. The big reveal. Yeah. But that was enough for me to not like this vest, but a lot of people like that long, that Alps long spur vest. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I've read some good reviews on it. Lots of good reviews on it, no doubt. And it's very well made. And, and, you know, I'm not really promoting any one manufacturer of vests over another, but the vest that I just bought is also an Alps vest, and it's very well made. But it is the NWTF Impact Turkey Vest. And one of the things that I like about it is that that cushion that I was telling you about that's not really a cushion it's more of a seat. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a stadium stadium seat. You can just slide it out, and you don't yeah. have to have a tree to sit on. Yeah, that's nice. So I like that about it, and I like the game pouch in the back. I didn't really think when I got that long spur vest how much that I was going to miss a, a game pouch. But mm-hmm. and, and that long spur does have a game pouch in it, but it actually comes off of a, a pocket that is up really almost between your shoulder blades. Yeah. You have to pull it out and it hangs separately. It's not attached like your game standard game pouch is on your turkey vest. So there is one. I never used it. But if someone wants that vest, look at what they cost new. And I will tell you that I think they're on sale on Midway USA right now. So I don't even know what they're for sale for. But look at what there for sale for now and email me make an offer let your offer include shipping by the (laughs) way because that's going to cost me about 10 bucks to ship it out to you so unless you live in birmingham and then we'll meet up for lunch and talk turkey and i'll hand the vest over to you but yeah turkey vest let's talk turkeys absolutely sunday i went and burned my place south of birmingham control burn you had good weather also it sounds like very nice weather and had a decent burn it was not perfect like my burn i did three years ago but it's it's way good enough and as i was getting ready to leave the woods are still smoking i get to my truck and there are 10 hens and two strutting longbeards in one of mm-hmm. my food plots and i got kind of excited about that that you think was, these are the uh, the same boys you've been seeing during deer season? I believe they are. I didn't have my binoculars, so I couldn't really study them. And trust me, I got enough pictures of those two birds to know what they look like. I see them in my sleep, in my dreams. 
so I couldn't really get a, a good up close and personal look at them since I didn't have my binocs. But two toms together, strutting with a bunch of hens, mm. not 150 yards from where my, where my trail camera is and was. And I'm guessing it's probably the same birds. So, man, but that got you fired up, didn't it? You it heard did. a gobble, you mm-hmm. seen them strut. Yeah, it's time. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, man, that's a lot of info. We've had very eventful weeks, you and I have. Mm-hmm. And speaking of very eventful and a lot of info, we've got a show for the listeners today that is knock your socks off good. Oh, yeah. And I don't think our guest needs much of an introduction because if you've listened to this show regularly or you've paid attention to the hunting industry regularly then you know the guest he's a regular about as regular as anybody other than Cameron and I are on this show and he knows a thing or two about turkey callers or turkey calls and that's what we're talking today and Cameron and I have Preston Pittman on the show for you guys and we are deep diving into diaphragm calls and there's some really really good info in this interview for you guys we talk about a lot of different topics related to diaphragm calling and diaphragm callers period so tons of good info this is an episode i'm going to tell you that if you have an interest in getting better running a diaphragm caller you're going to listen to this episode multiple times Absolutely. And I don't think I can say too much more about it other than... All I can say is that I'm sad to inform the listeners that due to some work obligations, I was only able to join in physically in the call for the last 10 minutes or so. You won't be hearing my voice very often throughout the call, but Andy did a fantastic job interviewing Preston. And honestly, you didn't need my two cents anyway to get some really good info out of this one, so... Yeah, this is good stuff. And just so you guys know, because in the surveys that a lot of you did for me, the listener surveys at the beginning of the year, you know, I heard or read some of the comments that you guys made of, please go back and and don't do the premium subscription. Get advertisers or sponsors and give us the entire episodes for free. And I'm not going to get into the whys of why we're not going to do that just yet. What I'm going to tell you is if the $18 a year for the premium subscription of the Turkey Hunter podcast scares you because you think you may be throwing away 18 bucks, or if it just goes against your grain and you don't want to spend $18 to listen to a podcast, then Cameron and I have worked out a way for you guys to be able to listen to the premium content of any episode going forward in its entirety. So you're going to be able to listen to all of these episodes in their entirety by buying a single premium content episode. So, for example, yes. when Preston gets to the part in our interview tonight, where he says, and let me give you guys the tip that is going to improve your success in the turkey woods by 50% this coming season. Are you ready for it? And then you hear me say, and that's all I've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You can actually (laughs) go to our website, which is the turkeyhunterpodcast.com. 
Preston.com. And Preston doesn't really say that in this episode, by the way. But when you go to theturkeyhunterpodcast.com, all of the episodes for the Turkey Hunter Podcast are going to pull up. And you will see 279PS, as in premium single. And you can click on that episode and you can purchase that one episode for the low, low price of 99 cents. This episode's worth 99 cents. <laughs> this episode's worth 18 bucks plus yeah. shipping and handling, which we don't Absolutely. even charge. So this is something that Cameron and I have been working on. You know, we hear you guys. We understand where you're coming from when you say, bring us sponsors, bring us advertisers, give us the entire episode for free. We understand that, but we want you to understand that it requires a lot more work for us to handhold sponsors once we get them to keep them on the show because this is such seasonal content. And you guys have to think about how you listen to this show because most of you listen to this show either from January 1 or February 1 or March 1 until the end of your turkey season and you don't listen to it anymore. So our advertisers or sponsors who would come on and participate in this show are not getting their money's worth. And I don't want to do that to them. You guys are getting some extremely good content from this show, I feel like, and Cameron feels like, and a lot of you feel like, because you give great feedback on the show. And we appreciate that. We love that. But it's just too much work for Cameron and me to have to solicit advertisers and keep the advertisers. And also, I've mentioned this before as well, it's difficult for me to have Primos, I'm using them as an example, to have Primos as an advertiser to the show and then get Preston Pittman on it. Exactly. It handcuffs us on the content we can put out. Very, very, very much so. I don't think that's fair to Primos to bring Preston Pittman on the show if Primos is sponsoring this show. Exactly. That is why we do what we do with the premium content. We want you guys to be able to pick up these single episodes. If something piques your interest and you want to hear the rest of it, you can go spend a buck. And for you guys who are only listening to two or three months of content of the Turkey Hunter podcast until your season opens up, then this might be cheaper than spending 18 bucks just by going and buying individual episodes. Yeah. Or if you have a long drive on a turkey hunting trip and need something to listen to. You can spend one buck and you got hour, hour and a half, maybe even two hours, certain episodes of content to listen to get you psyched for your turkey hunt. Yeah. So I think that's a very fair deal. They charge a buck for a two and a half minute song on iTunes. We're charging it for a hour long podcast with the professionals in the industry. Yes, indeed. So speaking of professionals in the industry, what do you say we cut them loose with Preston Pittman? Let's hear it. All right. See y'all on the other side. Let me tell y'all what, folks. I'm going to spring something on y'all tonight that Andy knows nothing about. Uh Uh-oh. And it's going to go like this right here. Andy, I want you to figure out on your podcast, I've been doing this for years and years and years with you, on how you can do a contest. And here's what the winner's going to get. At the end of season, and my season shuts down about May the 20th because I'm only doing a bunch of traveling, filming with Mojo Outdoors this year, Mm -hmm. Uh, you figure out the contest, and whoever wins the contest 
will call me, and I'll work one-on-one with them, and I will laser engrave a one-of-one call, which is a $200 value, to the winner of the contest. So now, buddy, that's in your court. How you doing? Man. Hey, you know, I'm always good when I'm talking to Preston Pittman, but I might be doing a little bit better today after you just dropped that bomb on me. I just thought we'd do something special. We've been doing this too many years not to reward the faithful listeners to your show. Well, man, I I appreciate that. That's awfully kind of you. So, yeah, I'll have to come up with something good. You know, I've been toying around with the idea of doing an owl hooting contest and letting everybody put their entries on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, let them put their entry in there somehow, some way. I don't know that that's what I'm going to do because no, there's a lot no. of details to iron out with that, but I might I might go that route. If I do something like that, then I'll narrow it down and pick the top five and then maybe get you back on and we pick a winner together. We can either do that or either you can do a random drawing or what are we going to talk about tonight? I've just been itching after coming back from Nashville, and okay. now you and I have had this discussion before several times, I am never going to be one of those guys up on the stage because I don't have the ear for it. What I mean by that is I, I'm not much of a musician. I can't really tell you what sound it is that they're making, but I can tell you it sounds good. You know, so I can tell good from not good calling. I'm not good calling. You want me to teach, teach you how to get better and yes. everybody else out there? I want I want to do now, that. We're going to work on some of that tonight. But, yes, I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. Well, well here, here we go. How about this? We just kick it off right now. Uh, of course, I go back to the old days of cassette recorders. That means I've yeah. got no hair on my head. Okay? <laughs> but let's put it like this. Let's say you go on YouTube and you pick out me, Matt Van Size, Walter Perry. I don't care who. Whoever you like the sound of their calling. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to play that but have a second recording device. Play it, and then I want you to mimic it. Then I want you to pause. And I want you to go back because now it's nonstop. Let's say it's my yelping, and then all of a sudden you hear your yelping. Then you start tweaking it. Well, he's a little raspier. He's a little higher pitch. He's got a higher note in the beginning. He's got a lower note at the end. Whatever appeals to you, which is going to appeal to the turkeys, it ain't going to matter. But you're actually getting to hear it as you are comparing yourself to somebody else. That's what I used to do in the old days whenever I was still in competition. If I got my little rear end beat, which I did more than one time, then I would always have a cassette recorder uh, somewhere out in the audience or somebody taping for me. And we didn't have video cameras back in the in, – well, we're talking about Stone Ages, okay? I'm telling you, yeah. And I – I, I would play that back and I'd listen and I would improve myself and improve myself and improve myself. Even better than that, if you could get some live recording, and it's all out there on the web right now. I mean, my goodness, people, yeah. 
Y'all got so many more tools than what I had and Ben Rogers Lee had and Louis Stowe and D.K. Hay, all the old guys had till it is pathetic. If you can't improve your calling, that's on you. You don't have to be – and you ain't got to be a musician. Right. You can listen to what somebody that you admire and that you like their calling or real turkeys call put them back-to-back where it's nonstop and then listen to me. You know, listen to it. And I promise you, it will make you a better caller. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the thing. You know, first of all, I don't know that I ever really want to be a competition caller because you know and I know that that's not what is really going to fill your bag limit of turkeys at the end of the season, but it's not going to hurt you either. And that's the thing. If I can do something to make me a better turkey hunter and I can improve on, and there's always room for improvement in my calling, but if I can improve on the soft stuff a little bit or you know learning a little bit different call and maybe where i'm placing that my tongue on that call when i'm trying to work my yelp or do purrs or you know whatever it happens to be then i feel like i'm just improving my game and that's really what what i want to do well here's the way it is Nothing can ever be put in front of woodsmanship, period. Nothing. But you turn into a different animal yourself when you can become comfortable and versatile with your calling, and now you're a woodsman, and now you're a great caller. You don't have to be a competition caller. But you you nailed it when you said, especially if you can get those soft, subtle sounds that a hen is almost always constantly making, unless you're scared, you know what I'm trying to say, then put the woodsmanship along with that, I don't want you on my land. I promise you, stay off my land. (laughs) Because I know what's fixing to happen. You fixing to kill. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and so I know from listening to a lot of folks turkey call at at the NWTF convention, but also, you know, I do watch a lot of the videos that are out there on YouTube. I see the Preston Pittman videos. I see the Scott Ellis videos. I see the Chris Parrish videos. And I know that I don't have... I've got more practicing to do to get where hey, I feel well, good about well, what I'm doing. I'm stopping you right there. That is the whole kink and the whole solution to the problem. You're not going to wait. Folks, y'all listen to me. Everyone, not everyone, but I promise you 70% of your listeners do not pick a call up until a few weeks before season. You're right. Riding back and forth to work, you have a perfect opportunity. You're not going to aggravate your wife. You're not going to have the kids going, Daddy, shut up. Right. When you're going back and forth to work in that vehicle, then you that, the sound is kind of like the recorder. You can hear that sound so much better. Now, of course, we're talking to diaphragm because I don't want y'all riding down the road trying to use a box call and driving with your knees. 
So playing with that mild call, <laughs> am I guilty? Yeah, I've done it before. I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, <laughs> don't do it. Voice um, of experience. And playing with that, even if it's only once a week, you, you, you keep your muscles, your saliva glands, you keep everything trained, conditioned preseason. You wait till a week, two weeks, three weeks before the season, and then you're going, well, how do I do this? Well, how do I do that? Yeah. Well, I haven't got control of this. Yeah, you ain't practice. Right. It ain't going to happen overnight. Yeah. But there you go. So two quick questions for you, Dan, kind of, kind of all related. Is there, because I know a lot of guys and, and women, too, that can't, run a diaphragm call because it makes them gag. Is there a way to get past that? Or is it just... Yes, there is. No, okay. no. Yes, there is. Okay, nine out of every ten people that cannot blow a diaphragm have one or two problems. They And I said nine out of ten. There's always that tenth person I can't do anything about. Okay. But nine out of ten either have a very high palate or very narrow teeth. That's a great question, too, and one I like to address. With that being said, a standard frame call will not fit in between the teeth and seal on the roof of the mouth. I'm going back to the basics. The air has got to go in between the collar and the tongue. The collar has got to become part of the roof of your mouth. If you have, or if the call is wanting to rock and roll in your mouth, the air is wanting to go over the top, it feels real big, you feel like you're going to throw up, you're gagging, spit's going everywhere. Folks, I know I'm, I'm nailing a lot of y'all. Yeah. Then go to a small frame call. Some people call them a youth frame. I don't like to use that terminology. Right. I like to use a small frame call. And I'm also fixing to give one of my competitors a plug here. Okay. If a standard small frame does not work, as a last resort, go to Primo's Game Calls and buy a mini dome. Yeah. If that doesn't solve it, well... Go to a box call. Go to a slave call. Yeah. But, but, but the handy, look, 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 listen to me. I'm, I'm going to stick a diaphragm in my mouth for a second, okay? Okay. I'm going to make a few little sounds. All I'm going to do is I'm going to go. If that's all I can do, if that's all I can do, and I can't get past that, and I have seen people, and I do not recommend this, bite the tape and get half yelps or half whines out. You can still use that in the woods. You can start working that bird with a box call, a slate call, a glass call, whatever. And to close the gap, that last little bit you might or might not have to do, but if you so choose to, if that's all you can do on a diaphragm, it's going to put another bird or two on the ground for you. I promise you. Yeah. So thank you for saying that about the, the small frame calls, because 
when I have a very high palate. And right. when I was first trying to learn how to use a diaphragm call, I I could make a I could make sound out of it, but it was a lot of right ears going over the the tape and over the roof of my you know between the tape and the roof of my mouth, and so you make several different styles of small frame calls, and I first picked up my or I I got my first small frame call from from you. It was one of your callers. And I started running that, and all of a sudden, I can run a diaphragm call. There you go. And it sounds like a turkey instead of, I don't know what I was sounding like, but, you know, like somebody who spits all the time when they talk, I you know. But it made a big difference for me. And i tell you what else. I have never had success bending a frame on the normal size calls. I, I've always okay. bent so much that I would take the tension off of the the diaphragm off of the uh, latex and they just I've, I've ruined I can't tell you how many of those frames by bending them so the smaller frames I don't have to bend so that's been Correct. huge for me now if you, if you happen to fall into that mid class it's, it's not super small but it, the big frame doesn't fit but it's just a little bit big, you can always cut the tape off a little bit. That's been published for eons and eons. Mm-hmm. Anytime you bend a frame on any manufacturer, I don't care who it is, diaphragm call, you have just changed everything that that manufacturer put into the call. Right. I would rather see somebody cut all the tape off of a standard frame call, and I can blow a call without any, any, you know, tape on it. But I'd rather see somebody cut basically all the tape off before they bend it. And if you just have to bend it as little as possible, you have now changed it from a trumpet to a trombone or from a trombone to drums or from drums to a piano because even though people think that we're just throwing rubber in here and haphazardly doing everything, and this is every manufacturer, not just me. We all do this. The type of rubber, the thickness of rubber, the type of cut, the amount of stretch, that's all for a reason mm-hmm. for that particular call. So you are correct. Bending that call is the worst thing that you could do. Yeah. Well, because I've, gotten so good at running those smaller frame calls and had run them so much now i can actually run a lot of the standard size frames it's just positioning in my mouth and you know knowing where i can put it and get the best sound out of it and so on and so forth so you know that's helped me i guess you know just practicing with that smaller frame and and getting confidence in using the diaphragm period but yeah, it's opened the door for me for using a lot more of the standard size frames. But you know what, Andy? Even on the smaller frames, and I got one in my hand right now. I, I'm fortunate and blessed that I can blow just about anything. Yeah. People think that because those are little bitty ten inch calls, you can't get the sound out of them. I'm just gonna call a little bit, and this is 
a experimental cop, not going to lie to you. Right. It's something that I'm thinking about putting on the market next year, but I do not put anything on the market until I play with it. So I'm going to be blowing a small frame a little bit this year, and you tell me what you think about this. volume I'm getting out of that call? I do. That is as small a frame that I know of is made in the whole industry. And like I said, I don't even have a name for it yet. I don't know. But boy, I'm liking it. The only thing I've got to be careful with is since my mouth is so big and this call is so small, is not swallowing it. And I found out a long time ago, if you swallow them, they hurt when they go down. They hurt worse when they come out and they don't taste real good thereafter. <laughs> Oh, I bet they don't taste good at all. Hey, I'm, right. I'm just glad you got it choked down because, you know. <laughs> oh, it might have been pretty rough. But anyway, well, it's, what I have found out, is like what I told you, nine out of every ten people I can solve their problem with a small frame and or either cutting a little bit of tape off. One of those two things. And I know they're expensive. I know that diaphragms have gone up, but I'm going to tell you all what material's gone up. I hate to say that as, as a manufacturer. Let me, let me give you a tip. Since we're kind of touching on mostly diaphragms tonight, you know, a lot of people go buy a diaphragm, oh, that sounds like snot, and they throw it away. Don't do that. Do not ever do that. Okay. If you buy a diaphragm and you don't like it, lay it to the side. Don't put it in the sunlight. I'm not going to go through all the basics unless right. you want me to. No. You know, lay it over to the side. Come back to it in a week, two weeks, three weeks. You see, rubber is going to age. Rubber is going to deteriorate, especially if it has an acidity to it, like what we have in our mouth hmm. to break food down. It also deteriorates. And if you're a tobacco user, it's even worse than that. It's going to deteriorate the rubber. So you might come back to it in a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month. Take that call and put it back in your mouth and go, wow, this thing sounds great now. What happened? Well, what it actually did is the rubber deteriorated a minute amount. Mm -hmm. And the stretch loosened a little bit. And now it fits you. Now take that collar, put it in the case, and even if it's nothing more than a little plastic box that the call came in or a Ziploc bag, throw her in the freezer. Not the refrigerator, but the freezer. Don't take it out till you're ready to go hunting again. You get through, come back, dry it off a little bit, bam, put it back in that freezer. You can make a diaphragm last for years. Hmm. And I didn't mean years. If you'll take care of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's excellent info. All right. So here's really the main topics that I want to cover with you today. I have bought these different calls over the course of different years, obviously. And 
just to try them out and run them. And, you know, some of them I've been able to run pretty good. Some of them I've not. And to me, it has everything to do with the cut in the diaphragms. And I know there's more to it than that. There's, you know, the, the thickness of the rubber. There's the tension pulled on it. There's a number of reeds in that call. You know, there's a lot of different factors in there. But today I want to focus really on the cuts in these diaphragm calls. So I've written some of them down, and you tell, tell me if I'm missing out on anything. I've got basically an uncut call, then the double cut, which would be a cut on either side closest to the frame. The W cut and that's kind of like the the split b with another little notch cut out of each side isn't it well you have what i call a diamond cut okay diamond cut then you have what is known as a bat wing yeah that uh the ears are pulled off and only the the point sticks out yeah then you have the where the point is cut out that's called a ghost cut and I got to say this. I never got to say this in public. Every cut that you just said, with the exception of a double cut on each side, and I give that to Dick Kirby or Quaker Boy Game Calls, I brought to the industry, and I can prove it by ads in Turkey and Turkey Hunting Magazine and Turkey Call Magazine. Those are all my inventions. I brought them to the industry. I got the right man on the on the phone. Now, there's going to be people arguing with me, okay? But I'm, I'm proving what I'm saying. I'm not going to argue. I can with prove you. it. Uh, I got now, the, I got bat, the, bat wing, the bat wing cut, I used to call it a tongue cut. And Mr. Don Ship from Arkansas worked with me on the ghost cut. That is a whistling call. But go ahead. I'll shut up. I'll let, I'll let you ask a question. All right. So... I'm looking at all these different cuts and, you know, I bought them all over the years and some of them I can run and some of them I can't. And what I've determined with these different cuts is that a lot of whether or not I can run them is or make what I feel like is a good sounding turkey call. I don't mean, you know, I can't get sound out of them. I just can't get good sound out of them, in my opinion. But a lot from what I've what I've seen and the more that I play with them, the reason that I'm not getting the right sound out of some of these calls is I'm not, I've not got the right tongue placement on the diaphragm and probably not the right tension on with my tongue up against the, the rubber on these calls. Am I right or wrong in, in thinking that? You're not going to like my answer because I'm going to, I'm going to tell you in a different way. Okay. You know, there are some, there are some people that can play a trumpet excellent. Yeah. But you take that same person and hand them a guitar, and they can't pick a string. You got some people that can play the drums, but if you put that guitar in their hand, they can't strum anything. Mm -hmm. You got the person that can play the guitar like crazy, but he can't blow a trumpet. That's my analogy to you. And that is the very reason why we build so many different types of calls. No, it's not necessarily you. Your mouth is your own individual 
sound chamber. Okay. My mouth is my own individual sound chamber. The difference between me and you, I want, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to be absolutely 100% honest with me. Sure. How often do you blow a diaphragm? Uh, so I'm not delighted. How often do you, how do you, uh, how, do you how often do you blow a diaphragm? Okay. I, I will blow a diaphragm, let's say on a year. You want to go by the year? Yeah. Okay. It's 12 months from a year. Probably, I, I'm going to throw turkey season out. How about that? I'm not, uh, okay. even, though, even though that's still practicing, I'm throwing out roughly 60 days of turkey season out of the year. So we're talking over 10 months. I will run a diaphragm call off and on over a two-month period of time. And I would say probably once every third day. So that's 10 days in a month, 20 days if you exclude the 60 days during turkey season. Okay. You are the exception to the fact. But now let's imagine that if you blew a diaphragm, even if it was only 10 minutes a day, your commute back and forth to work and then from work to home. So let's say over a period of 20 minutes. And in that 20 minutes, you're probably not going to blow it or 20 and 20, which is 40 minutes. We're just saying you got 40 minutes, you know, commuting. Let's say during that 40 minutes, you only actually run a call five to 10 minutes. What you find out is, is as you repetitively blow a call. All right. So let's do our sign off of the free episode and then we're done. Sweet. I'd probably mention the dollar deal one more time in the free, in this part. Yeah. Good idea. And then maybe going forward, we mention that every time, I guess. Yeah. All right. That's all that we've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode and the interview with Preston Pittman, where you're going to pick up tons more information and calling tips, then you can do that one of two ways. The first way we just told you about, and that is... You can go to theturkeyhunterpodcast.com. When the list of episodes pulls up, you can click on 279PS, and that is a single episode of the premium content, and you can purchase this week's episode for 99 cents. The other way that you can hear this week's episode is to subscribe to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast on an annual basis. The cost of that subscription is $18, and... The way you get a subscription to be able to pick up all of the premium content for the Turkey Hunter podcast is texting the word Turkey Hunter. Make it one word with no spaces and text that to the number 44222. Once you do that, I will send you instructions that you'll need to follow where you will create your username and password for the Podbean application. And you'll also be able to pay your $18 per year subscription to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast, where you will get not only the rest of this week's episode, but you'll also get access to all of the premium content for all of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. We're rounding the corner on year number three with the premium subscriptions to the Turkey Hunter podcast. 
So there's a lot of content that's locked up under the premium subscription. You're not going to be able to get that by buying a single premium episode. You can only get that content, that past content, by being a subscriber to the premium content, the Turkey Hunter podcast, for 18 bucks a year. So it's a bargain at 18 bucks. I'm telling you, there are hours and hours and hours of awesome turkey hunting content that's locked up under the premium subscription, and you will not be sad for spending 18 bucks on it. I will promise you. Absolutely. Man, is that awesome or what? He, that guy just, he knows so much of the outdoors and calling specifically with this episode, but he's just a character. I mean, he's just fun to talk to. He is. He's like us in the respect that he's extremely passionate about the sport. He's like us in that he knows he is us. You know, he's not better than we are, but he is so willing to share information and help us be better turkey hunters and be better outdoorsmen that, I mean, it just it speaks volumes to his character. Absolutely. So Cameron and I hope that you enjoyed the interview as much as we enjoyed conducting the interview. Well, as much as I enjoyed conducting the entire interview and <laughs> enjoyed being a part of 10 minutes of it. Yeah, I'm sad I missed the interviewing portion of it, but... I'll get to listen to it as I edit the audio, and so I'll pick up a lot of tips along the way, and hopefully I'll get to talk to Preston again at some point and pick his brain for longer than 10 minutes. And I'm sure that'll happen as often as he has graced our show. I'm pretty sure it'll happen as well. So I wish you a lot of luck. You were leaving Thursday evening to go on a turkey hunt. Exactly. So Scouting Friday, hunting Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Trying to get my first Osceola, it would complete my first Grand Slam, but most importantly, would mark Florida off the list of states. To me, at least, that's the most important part. Yeah, well, safe travels to you, and safe hunting, and best of luck, and I am looking forward to seeing some pictures, but more importantly, I'm looking forward to hearing some audio from some of your hunts. Yep, I'm going to... Do my best to, one, not lose the recorder, and two, turn it on even once the adrenaline gets pumping. So I got a whole passel of AAA batteries I'm carrying with me. I'm going to try my best to get the audio on there. I want people to experience what I experience, and I hope it's awesome, and I hope it ends with a boom. I hope so, too. And a woo. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, indeed. All right, man. Well, hey, I've got a turkey calling tip for this week. Let's hear it. We've gotten plenty from this episode, but let's hear your tip of the week. I'm telling you, there's tons of turkey calling tips for this week, but I'm going to throw one out there that I want you guys to think about and use. Pretty easy to do. So speaking of diaphragms, and we've been talking a lot about them today, you know how some diaphragms have a very pronounced tab on the frame, and that tab goes, points downward when that call is in your mouth. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So you've noticed how some of those tabs are very pronounced. Have you noticed how some of them are not very pronounced? Maybe it's yeah. thicker tape or a, you know just a different frame, and the tab's not very thick, and it's hard to feel it, especially yeah. with your tongue. They feel kind of slicker in your mouth almost. Have you noticed that there are some frames that have no tabs on them at all? Yeah. All right. So if you will take 
your diaphragm call and where that tab is pointing down, if you'll cut with your scissors just a little notch on the right hand side of the tape on the front of that call, a little notch, I mean, I'm talking a centimeter and notch it out. So there's a, a little piece of the tape actually cut out of the front of that call. Now what you have is something you can identify pretty easily in the dark before you ever put that call in your mouth to know I'm holding that call in my right hand. I've got the notch between my finger and my thumb and that call goes straight in my mouth just like that. I don't have to worry about having that call upside down or anything. So yeah. those callers that you have, those calls that you have that are not tabbed at all, the frames are not tabbed at all, or they have a very slight, very thin tab on them, notch those out so that you're not messing up and putting that call upside down in your mouth and trying to blow a turkey call to call in a turkey when you sound more like a goose. <laughs> That's a good tip. Very uh, logical thinking. Call needs to be in the correct way to sound like it's meant to be played. Yes, indeed. And, you know, it doesn't have to be the right side. For you left-handed people out there who are backwards, you can notch the left side. But notch one side of that so you can identify which side's up and have at it. So that's your turkey calling tip of the week as if 45 minutes of turkey calling tips was not enough. We gave you one more to stick in your back pocket. Absolutely. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Also, don't forget about the turkey call giveaway that we have going on right now. And I know Cameron and I need to talk and kind of figure out what we're going to do as far as the Preston Pittman turkey call giveaway, what kind of contest we want to hold for that. Yeah. But remember that right now, this very second, you guys can enter to win a Zinc Calls Thunder Ridge Series slate. And what you need to do is join the NWTF if you're not already a member. And then once you join the NWTF, email me your receipt from where you paid your annual membership for the NWTF. And remember, I told you guys that you're going to have a really good chance of winning this contest if you enter. And I'm right, because a lot of you guys listening to the show are already NWTF members, and some of you are just not going to join the NWTF and not going to enter the contest. And some of you are going to join the NWTF but not enter the contest. So I'm telling you all this to say you have a very good chance of winning this contest because there's not going to be a bunch of competition. I want there to be. I hope I get 100 entries, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of competition for this contest. So join the NWTF if you're not already a member and send me your receipt from the NWTF showing that you've paid your annual dues. And you can email that to me to andy at iamturkeyhunting.com. Now, before we sign off, Cameron and I would like to ask our favor of the week. And the favor of the week is this. Again, share this week's episode using the share feature in your podcast player application and share it with two turkey hunting buddies in your contact list just two of your buddies. If you'll share the link for this week's episode, you never know. They may pick up a little tip from Preston Pittman that might help them call a turkey in for you this That's spring. Very good point. 
And with that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.